you who are new to our church and maybe been here in the last few years, you've maybe heard us talk about Nganiami but haven't necessarily seen what happens there, uh, there on the ground. It's gonna be incredible as we just chat a little bit more with my mom. Uh, this is Yvonne Gregg, for those of you who don't know, my mom, and we've got Scotty Hamilton who uh, is the kind of the, the chairman of the board really of Nganiami and has been involved there over the years on the ground. Who? Uh, okay, what are you, the director? Yeah, you're just the director. Okay. And, uh, um, and uh, it's just going to be incredible to, see, to hear some of the stories. But before we kind of get into the conversation, I wanted to read uh, James chapter 1, verse 27 to you. So I've been lecturing on James at Bible College, and this one always uh, really just sticks out to me because James, who was the half-brother of Jesus, is talking about what true religion really is. Like, you can't just say you believe in a God, but what do you actually do with your faith? And he goes on to talk about your faith without works is dead. But he does explain it. He says, it's not by the works we do that we are saved. It's not like God loves us anymore because we do good things. However, because we have grace, because we have faith, we end up doing good things because he has to come out of us if he is in us. Does that make sense? So we are saved for good works. We saved to do the good things that God has called us to do. So it's very important, and especially in a service like this, I think often there's a lot of guilt, a lot of condemnation people have, or, oh, I must do more. There's this pressure, I need to do more, and you know, maybe then God will love me more. Just be released of all of that today. God loves you as you are already. However, He does want you to do good things and to help people and use your resource, use your gift, use your talent. And today, like last week, isn't about just showcasing a ministry and saying, hey, look at what we're doing. But it's really about creating some more awareness, but stirring your heart because God has called all of us, every single one of us in this room here today and those online to get involved in some way. And we can use many different things that God gives us. Whatever is in our hand, we can use it for Him. And this scripture in James really, really challenges me. It's, it's uh, 1 verse 27, as I said. It says, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for the orphans and the widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. So James gives us three things. He says, you've got to care for the widows and the orphans and refuse to let the world around you corrupt you. And I just think as a church, we need to do more when it comes to orphans and widows. And we've got some ideas that are birthing even when it comes to widows and we just feel we can do a whole lot more in that, in that department. But we really are excited about Nganiyami and today is a celebration in many ways, but also just really stirring our hearts so that we can do more. Okay, so we're gonna get back to the beginning because some of you don't know the story. How did Nganiyami start? How did this thing just come about? How did we even end up calling it um, the Gummy Bear uh, Children's Village, because some of you can't even say probably, we've, we've heard the most bizarre names, like G- Gummy Army. What are some of the other ones, anyone? Ngani Army. Okay, so it's Ngani Army, which means my child in Zulu. And mom, if I can ask you first, because that was a name that uh, you really felt God gave to you. If you could tell us today the story, how did this all start? Because, you know, when it comes to building church, it's not just about this that we see on a Sunday, but there is so much more and God really started to speak to you. So tell us the story. Well, you know, we've just sang about um, that song where it says to be open. I'm open to God's vision. And God speaks to us in so many different ways. You know, last week at True Life, Collins had a dream that he came and he shared. And Ganyami's vision really came a whole many years before it actually started. And it really came one Monday morning that actually started when I opened my back door and standing on my back door, my kitchen door, was a lady by the name of uh, Jana Rosa, who we call Jane. And uh, I wasn't really looking for anybody. I had a maid, but this maid had actually sent her and said, please, could you just go and help me out? She ended up becoming our domestic worker, but not only that, she became an integral part of our family. And actually this church, when this church started, was in the 90s, when just after we had moved here, I didn't know her, she wasn't looking for a job. She lived in just outside Ecopa. And, uh, but in, in the space of, uh, uh, in the early 2000s, it was the heart of the HIV pandemic and AIDS. She lost three out of her four children, two daughter-in-laws and her son-in-law was killed tragically in an mo- in a, in a, uh, accident. And out of that time, so she was left with, her child- with the grandchildren to take care of. And we noticed after that time that she 
started to lose a lot of weight. She got thinner and thinner, and eventually she was, um, the doctor said that she was suffering from post-traumatic stress. And you know, it's it just, no mother really should um, see so many of her children die at such a young age. And she just couldn't cope with it. She actually literally was heartbroken. And one day she came to us and she said, I can't work anymore. I just can't work anymore because I need to go home. And uh, so she, we actually sent her home and it started our visits to the area where she lived outside Ikopo. And we would go there to visit her and her family. And uh, every day, every time we went there, we would come home. I said to Roger, I said, I, don't, I can't go back there because I would go, I'd come home, I'd look out of the window, I'd weep and weep and weep because next to all these homes, the, the valleys would be filled with children laugh, laughing, lots of children. But next to all these homes would be mounds and mounds and mounds of graves of the people who were dying, the adults who were dying. And I began to hear God's voice about the children. And uh, a little bit later on, um, a couple of years later on, uh, we got a phone call, Jane uh, contracted TB, and she was in the hospital. We got a call to say uh, she was dying, and could we, uh, could we go and, and visit her? And we went into the hospital at uh, Christ the King, at, at Ikopo, and uh, the sister led us in. And we went, and they said, look, we, we don't think she'll recognize you. As we went in, and I bent down, and I held her hand, and I said, Jane, it's mummy. She used to call me mummy. She was my age, but I, she, as I bent down, and I called her, I said, Jane, it's mummy, the tears welled up in her eyes, her eyes were closed, ran down her cheeks. She recognized us and we prayed for her and um, two days later she died. But as I leaned down, I heard God's whisper saying, what about the children, Yvonne? What about the children? And a couple of months later, I was in London at a color conference at Hillsong and uh, Marilyn Skinner of Waitoto Villages, she was doing a presentation on the plight of Africa's children due to the AIDS pandemic. And again, God's whisper in my ear, what about the children? What about the children? And again, the tears, my heart was broken. And I turned to my daughter and I said, what about the children? What about the children? It's about the children. And uh, she turned to me and she said, mom, I know that God's been speaking to you. You better go home and do something about it. And that is actually what started the journey of Nganiamia. We went to Watoto and it was a long thing about how we got to do that, spoke to the team. And one day up in, up at, in Uganda, up at Waitoto, God spoke to me about this name. Uh, I mentioned it and then dropped it. And about eight months later, uh, one night I was woken up as clear as anything, just as you hearing my voice today. Uh, I was woken up with a voice, a cry, a cry from God's heart. Uh, Yvonne, they man, they man, in Ganyami, in Ganyami, they man, they man. And I was reminded of the scripture in, in Ezekiel um, 16, which says, and I'm going to read it here from, because it's a, a mixture between the message and the New King James. But before that, you know, in Psalm 68, verse 5 to 6, it says, Father of orphans, champion of widows, is God in his holy house. God makes homes for the homeless. And the New King James says it this way, a father of the fatherless, a defender of widows. God is the one who sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity. And that is God's heart for these people. And so, you know, when, when God began to speak to me about this, it says, he says, I have a plan for these children. And when it was this, we, we needed this this name that would, would speak something about that represented God's heart. And when I was reminded in this about Ezekiel 16, it says this, on the day that you were born, your umbilical cord was not cut. You weren't bathed in water and cleaned up. You weren't rubbed with salt. You weren't wrapped in a baby blanket. No one cared a fig for you. No one did one thing to care for you tenderly in these ways. You were thrown out into a vacant lot and left there dirty and unwashed, when you were loathed and abhorred, a newborn nobody wanted. And then I came by. I saw you all miserable and struggling in your own blood. Yes, I said to you, lying there helpless and filthy, live, grow up like a plant in the field. And you did. You grew up. I made you thrive like a plant in the field, and you grew, matured, and became very beautiful. Your breasts were formed, your hair uh, uh, grew, but you were naked and bare. 
And when I passed by you again and looked upon you, indeed your time was the time of love. So I spread my wing over you and covered your nakedness. Yes, I swore an oath to you and entered into a covenant with you and you became mine, says the Lord God. Then I washed you in water. I thoroughly washed off your blood and I anointed you with oil. I dressed you in a colorful gown and put leather sandals on your feet and a beautiful crown on your head. And your fame went out among the nations because of your beauty, for it was perfect through my splendor which I have bestowed upon you, says the Lord God. And God over and over again said, these children are mine. They're mine. Every child that is born is his. No one is ever born that God has not purposed. There is not one unwanted child in this world. And God has a plan. And some of these children have been abandoned and thrown out. And some of them have been found thrown out and on a playground. And every single one of them have come into Nganiyami where they have been come in. And today when we sang that, so that song, you know, this is a house of miracles. Every single one of these children is a miracle. Honestly, when we have seen them come in and to see them today, it's just, it is a miracle. Every one of them is a miracle, loved by God. They belong to him. And we wanted a name that represents that they would know that they belong to God. They belong to him. And a confirmation we got, a word that, that I got was when we were praying about it, came from Isaiah, in Isaiah 58, which said, if you get rid of unfair practices, quit blaming victims, quit gossiping about other people's sins, if you are generous with the hungry and start giving yourselves to the down and out, your lives will begin to glow in the darkness. Your shadowed lives will be bathed in sunlight. I will always show you where to go. I'll give you a full life in the emptiest of places, firm muscles and strong bones. You'll be like a well-watered garden, a gurgling spring that never runs dry. You'll use the old rubble of past lives to build anew, rebuild the foundations from out of your past. You'll be known as those who can fix anything, restore old ruins, rebuild and renovate, and make the community livable again. And that's part of the vision of Nganiyami, is that each one of these children, as they grow up, you know, it's not just about taking a life and, and helping them just individually, but it's to change a community, that each one of them, as they grow up, that they will become whole, and we will raise young women and young men that will change their community. It's, 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 just, it's just the vision is so much bigger that they will make their communities liv livable again, that they will be raised up, that they will be raised up as young men who will have such a different value. They will know who they are in Christ, that they will be able to bring a different standard. They will treat their wives differently. It will just change the community. Young women who have worth, you know, will leave the past behind. And, be, and, and in the education, it's designed so that it's not just about becoming a lawyer or a doctor or anything else that so often the world thinks about. It's that no matter who they are, whether they become a block maker, whether they become a domestic worker, whether they become, it doesn't matter who, but their worth, their value is because God has created them and he has a purpose for their life. Sure, that's awesome. Amazing to hear. God's heart for these kids, you know, and, and that's where it came. It came out of God's heart. Obviously, God uses us as his vessels. And even as you sitting here today hearing that story, God wants to speak to you in the same way for something that he's called you to do. It doesn't always just have to come through your leaders of a church or, you know, pastors or ministers, but God wants to use every single one of us because he carries certain things in his heart and he uses us as people. Scotty, God, God's obviously used you um, for the past geez, number of years. You've been on the ground there in Ganyami, very involved there. Tell us a little about um, some of the growth that you've seen. Uh, not, we will talk practically in a moment, but growth that you've seen in the organization, in the kids' lives, the transform, transformed kids' lives. And yeah, just tell us what it is that kind of like keeps your passion burning for Nganiyami. So I'm, I'm a father myself of three daughters. On here. One, two. So father of three daughters. And we know that the, uh, the job of raising children, raising the next generation is never, is never just overnight. It takes a lot of time and investment. And I think Roger and Yvonne's hearts have always been that for Nganiyami that it was to really see lives truly restored, come into family, connect with God, the love of a mother, and to see, to see the transformation that we've seen today, I mean, to see little Apiwe, Apiwe, looking at that journey of your, your mum at 15 and what happened there and 
to see your life and how you've blossomed and grown and flourished and how God has started to transform you into this beautiful, radiant young woman with so many gifts and talents. It's just a beautiful thing. And Delia, I mean, I was just loving hearing on that Rewriting Stories video again how he still prays for the community that he comes out of and still prays for those guys in that community by name. And I think that's one of the key things is God knows each of us by name and he's calling out that individual sort of thing in each of us. And, um, you know, it speaks about in the word that we, because we live in an, in an orphaned generation, so we are, in some way, all of us are broken, eh? Uh, we live in such a broken world. And so we really get the privilege of being able to stand in the gap for those who are maybe more broken in some ways. But I tell you, where there's greater brokenness, there's going to be, there's almost greater grace to see lives and, and, and what God does in that transformation journey. And so to be able to stand in the gap and to see children start to come through, uh, to receive that spirit of adoption from Christ, and then to see the love of a mother and the love of, of people that care coming around them, and then really God just rewrites the story that he'd always written in the beginning anyway. It's just the world has put, you know, so much pain in there and so much trauma, but we get to stand in the gap so that God can just rewrite that story that before the creation of the world that he had planned on each and, and, and every single life. And I mean, Sparkler, who you saw that video just at the beginning, I mean, Sparkler came into, um, was one of the first kids in the village. He came up to his mom, Ruth, about six weeks ago and said that he wanted to give his life to Christ. So he's 12 years old. And, um, and Ruth, his mom, got a little nervous and said, Yo, I don't know if I can pray that prayer with you. So she called Pastor Beggy. Um, and uh, Beggs came in and really, you know, heard Spartley's heart. And Spartley, six weeks ago, prayed with Beggy, gave his life to Christ. And uh, just, yeah, those, I mean, those are, the, those are the victories that we just, that we see and the transformation, just absolutely incredible. That's awesome. I mean, it has been so special just seeing over the years how God has used these kids. And, um, you know, Nganiyami itself, where it's situated, is, is a real special place. Every time I go there, you're really like, man, this is just incredible. And I really want to encourage you guys, if you've never been to the village, we can arrange that. We'll give you details at the end how, how that is possible. But just going there and seeing that piece of land, as we watched in the Rewriting Stories video, that God kept that piece of land from the beginning of all time for Nganiyami Children's Village. And it's a growing village. Um, um, you know, it's continually growing and uh, we, we've seen God do incredible things. So what we want to do now is just uh, show you two more stories. We're going to show you Banele's story. And then also we're going to hear from Mama Ruth. Is she here today? I didn't mean, she's not here today. Maybe she wasn't here on purpose. She was very nervous to do this video. But it's just so special to hear also from the mom's heart. So enjoy these two stories. My name is Vanele and this is my story. When I first came here at the village, I felt very happy. The way they greeted me, they greeted me with loving and welcoming hands. I love my family because my family praises God and my family is a Christian and my mother always tells me stories about when she was a little kid and those stories encouraged me that I mustn't face my background because my background was not a very good background. I must face the future and must face I must face what God wants me to be and I must have confidence and must I must have faith and believe that God will change my life. The thing I love about my school is because we're not that many at school, so the teachers give us more time to communicate with others, we learn art, we learn drama, we learn um, experiments and learn projects and we learn many things at school. And my favorite thing is ballet and the, the reason that I love ballet is because ballet makes you fit and it makes you strong and it makes your body strong. One day I want to be the famous Miss South African ballet dancer. When I grow up, I want to be a social worker. I want to help orphan and abandoned children as they helped me when I was a young child and they gave me a safe place. So that's what I want to do when I grow up.
My name is Ruth Makai. I'm one of the moms here at Inganiami. I was married to this very handsome man. His name was Thomas Makaye, and we had one son back then. It was Togozisi, he was four. And then something tragic happened, and he was shot and he died. I was nine months pregnant with my second child, um, Mogeni. It was really, really difficult. And it was, I don't know, I don't know how I survived. I think with the grace of God and obviously with the support of my family, my friends and my church, um, I was able to embrace that season. My mom's employer, Mrs. Philida Ellis, he met a guy by the name of Clive McMurray. He told him about Nganiami and that's how I, 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 knew, I knew about Nganiami. When I first heard about it, it was, it was not something that was in me. It was something like I needed to pray hard. When we moved in here, it was 2012. It was just four of us, my two boys and Peggy. There was nothing here. There were only three houses back then. And it was really quiet and very, it was scary at first, but peaceful at the same time. There was something about this place that makes us wanted to stay, even if it was difficult. It was a big change for us at first and for us to take another children to the family was a big adjustment. I've seen so much change in their lives, like growth, they have confidence now, and they, some of them, they have found their identity in Christ, which is really good. The change I've seen in Apiwe's life, in Andile's life, in Spatia's life, it's amazing. Because um, when they first came here, they were very quiet. They were not like talkative children. They were very quiet, but now they've become, they, they've, they've come out of their shells. They can speak, they can, like, they, can, they, they are so alive. There's so much life in them. And what happened recently, Sibasha gave his life to Jesus, which is really big for me. And yeah, I've seen so much. My dream for Nganiami children is to see them succeed in whatever they do in the future. I want to see them uh, being what God made them to be. I want to see them go out and impact other communities. I want to see them being the light that God wanted them to be. God has taught me so much through the years. He has taught me to love unconditionally. As a person, sometimes you laugh, but sometimes you feel like... But God has taught me to love unconditionally, to love my children with their behaviors, with whatever they have. I've learned so much. I just want to say to each and every person who have sponsored Nganiami that thank you very much. And your donation or whatever has impacted these children in a way you never know. They, they are here because of you and they are now teenagers. Some of them came here when they were little babies. Now they are teenagers, some of them. And we really, really want to thank you and hope that you continue to support us and love us. We love you. Oh, that was amazing. I don't know what your mom was nervous about talks. She spoke beautifully. Um, the moms at the village really, really play an incredibly special role. Um, you know, just to take on a family, a whole new family, is, a, is an amazing thing to do, you know. Um, in a sense, almost like adopting the children. Um, uh, you know, the, the kids get entrusted to us as an organization, but the house mother makes a commitment really for life. To, to, to mother the kids, not just look after, but really love them and invest into them like any normal mother would. So well done to Ruth. I don't know if you're going to watch this, but just incredible to hear you speak today. Mom, you've obviously been involved uh, with quite a lot with, with the moms, uh, training the moms, uh, finding the moms is, is a real challenge because, you know, some people say, well, why isn't going to be growing quicker? It's not just about uh, finding kids um, that need a place to stay, but actually finding the moms that are going to see it right through, not abandon them, because many of them were abandoned right up front. Um, so that's been a challenge. Uh, tell us about 
that process, what it's been like, and the heart that the mother for a child and how significant that is? Well, uh, Karen Chedlock is uh, in charge of that, and she does an incredible, incredible job, really, has given hours and hours and hours to that, and we are very grateful to that, to her for that. But she has interviewed and uh, taken literally hundreds of women through that process. And we've had women come in and women leave. But um, even after lockdown, I said to the mums that we have now, I just really thank them so much. And yeah, to the church. Someone's cutting onions here today the whole, the whole time. What's going on here? I just really want to hear to the church, publicly thank them for their sacrifice. Really, they, I don't think anybody can understand that the sacrifice that these women make for these children. That it is not a caregiver job. It is not a job that they do. It is a calling. It needs to be a calling from God because they have given up everything to be a mum at Nganiyami. You know, in lockdown, everybody was moaning about lockdown. These women stayed at Nganiyami from the end of March right through for many of them. I, th I, can't, I don't know exactly the first time that they went home. They never saw them. They never saw their own families. For months and months and months, they stayed in we thought we had lockdown for six months. Lockdown five, they had lockdown five for months that they didn't, never left. And so, you know, the, the call and the sacrifice and for Ruth and for Togo and Mbogeni and Beggy, when they first went on there, because the decision that we had to make at that time was for a village of 125, 150 children, 25 homes, because we had to make a decision that, that that's what it was going to be like. You can't make a decision now and say, oh, well, it's only two kids. You can do that because once you get more kids, you can't take away things. It's, it's easier to add than to take away. So many decisions had to be ma made of how the village would be when it was full. And so a lot of things people could not, not understand. You can't just allow, allow people to go in and out of the village at will. It had to, decisions had to be made with those things in mind. There was nothing there. And it was a, a, an incredible sacrifice for Ruth to make, and even Togo and Mbongeni, and they've paid the price for what is gonna happen in the future, and I wanna honor them today in front of everybody for what they have set in place. God gave me a picture at that time that this was just like, with a, with a flower, this was just like a little bud, a little calyx of what we were gonna see in the future. We haven't even seen yet of what God wants to do uh, with through this church and through uh, Nganiyami and through the children. We now have a cluster of moms that is now knitted together. And you know, all this time through lockdown, these moms that were there, we never, there was not one incident, there was nothing. They stayed together, they bonded together. It was just an incredible, incredible time. They taught the kids, they did everything. And the sacrifice that they've made, I meet with them once a week, and it's just been an incredible time, but it's taken, us a, 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 it's taken quite a long time to get these moms, and they are an incredible blessing. The sacrifice that they make, that the, what they've given up, uh, to be moms, as I said, it's not just a caregiver, it's not a job. They don't come in and just go, go out. They love the children and they take them in as if they are their own. So I want to honor the moms of Nganiyami. Yeah. And, um, we pray for you every, every single day. Roger and I, we pray for you every single day. We pray for the children, we pray for True Life, we pray for the churches every single day. It's amazing. Scotty, anything else you want to add to, to what's been said already, just with regards to Ngani Army and anything else? Yeah, yeah we're going to move into a time where, so it takes a village really to raise a child. It's an African proverb, and Vonnie has already alluded to, obviously, the mums. Um, she's spoken about Karen Shedlock, who has headed up our homes management and um, just done an incredible role there as a volunteer for so many years. And we've had many, many volunteers that have, uh, that have got involved and really stood in the gap for those who cannot stand in the gap for themselves. And the sacrifice that goes in, and, but you know, it's, it, it's a sacrifice, it's a, it's a pouring in of, of our lives. But at the end of the day, we truly, we come alive when we serve other people. And um, you're going to hear a story in a moment about a guy who's part of this church who got involved um, in Nganiyami as a child sponsor and then got his business involved and um, really used what was in his hand to make a difference. And 
We are really trusting that God would be stirring your heart today because this village is sitting at 20 children at the moment, uh, has the capacity to get to 150 children. A foundation has been laid now over 14 years, which has been uh, a journey and really believing that um, there is so much more that God is wanting to do now in this season, almost a season of acceleration because of the foundation that has been laid. And so it really takes, it's going to continue to take a village um, to raise a child. And that village in includes individuals that are here today. It includes businesses. It includes uh, people that have got a skill in their hand that they can contribute into the village. It's going to take finance. Um, and so we're really just trusting that God would be stirring um, your hearts today um, for ministries like in Ganyami. We heard from True Life last week. Um, and that really, you know, because I think sometimes when we, speaks about in the scriptures again, that when we carry another man's burden, we fulfill the law of Christ. But so often I think we are so burdened with the stuff that's going on in our own lives that we're not, we don't have the capacity to carry another man's burden. But when we carry another man's burden, we fulfill the, the law of Christ. And, and things just work out hey, when we're serving somebody else. And, and you're going to hear in a moment this, uh, this story from uh, Justin Bircher in the church. And just how when he did start getting involved, really how his heart was changed and how that connection really was, um, there was a heart connection between him and Spikler, who's uh, the little boy that he sponsors, and how that heart connection resulted in so much more of, his, um, of himself and of his business being poured into the village. And so really it's going to continue to take a village to raise a child, and uh, we think it's one of the best keep, kept secrets um, in the world. <laughs> Ganyami, what's happening on the other side of the hills there, because it, uh, there's been like a foundational work that's been building over many years, and uh, just so proud to be involved, and so proud to see the transformation that's taken place, an amazing team that God has added, and um, you know, we've got teachers, we've got amazing social workers, you, you heard from uh, Beggy's wife, uh, Zintler, who's also, uh, she comes alongside Beggy as, as village pastors, and they live at the village, and They've, they've paid a huge sacrifice to, to see Nganiyami get to where it has got to today. Uh, we've got Mandisa, who's here today, who's another social worker. We've got Kay, part of our teaching team, and we've got other teachers, Gabby and, and Andrea, an amazing teaching team, and, and Mandisa, who's come on board now as well as an intern teacher, and Trisha, who handles marketing and volunteers, and, um, and yeah, just an incredible um, group of people. We've got a, a board that has been so faithful over so many years. We've got people like James Beckley and just how he has got behind the village and, and the investment of his business into the village. We've got John Armstrong and Moira who just poured in so much of their time um, as, as volunteers over so many years. And um, we're just so grateful for, for the many people that God has added and we know is going to continue to add. Can I just say one thing, but there's a, a quote uh, as an anthropologist, Margaret Mead, she said this about the, about the moms. She said, the solution to adult problems tomorrow depends on large measure about how our children grow up today. And really, that's just for our moms. Is this, their future is in their hands. So as Scotty was saying, there's multiple ways to get involved, not just from a giving point of view, which we'll talk about in a moment, but so many different things that, and initiatives that have been put together over the years. I remember the Hope Cup where we had some professional golfers come and play and raise some money. We've had James Beckley who's had his own golf day in the Canary Islands and they weren't able to have it this last year. But it's amazing as well with the drop of funds because that uh, event couldn't take place. God miraculously provided as he always does. But there's so many ways to get involved. Uh, we've had sportsmen get involved. We had Benny McCarthy who rocked up at the village the other day through Ian Mack. I think there's a photo or two up there. I think Beggy was more excited than everyone else. And so was Mama Ruth. Mama Ruth asked for a photo with Petey and then asked if uh, she could marry him. Okay. Uh, but over the years, we've had, and Ian McIntosh has been incredible. He bought the Sharks guys there last year. And yeah, we've had the rowing challenge, which has been incredible. The guys riding all the way from uh, Ingan or from Nganiyami to Robben Island, or was it from Robben Island to Nganiyami? Nganiyami to Robben Island, which is yeah, 1,400 kilometers of rowing. And we had Stefan Tablanche, who's a Springbok rugby player, get involved in that, and two incredible businessmen, uh, Bruce Hughes and um, Mike Morris. Just amazing how they've gone on board with their with their whatever's in their hand. 
So there's many ways that you can get involved, but before we, we look at that, um, we wanted to share Justin Birch's story. Justin and Vanessa are part of this church, and he's a bike and editor, and uh, did I say that right? It's always, whenever I say that word, it's always like, don't know if it came right, but he's incredible, and he's got involved village. We've had people train and teach ballet. We've had Mish... Mish Pope just being incredible. Uh, we've had Andre Posma, who's, um, you know, looked after the kids as a doctor. Dave Swart, dentist. Uh, it's just been amazing. So, but look at Justin Birch's story. This will inspire you. Hi there, my name's Justin. Um, I'm a biokineticist, uh, husband and father to Noah. And as a family, we decided that we would like to partner with Nganiyami and, uh, and sponsor a child. In 2012, um, we started sp sponsoring and, and Spashti was, uh, was our child sponsor. And yeah, he's, uh, it's been great to see him grow over the last sort of nine years. He's now such a caring young man and, and Spashti has a, has a real special place in our lives. And, and it's really exciting to see how he is caring for the, the youngsters that come into the village and how he mentors them. So it's been quite special because uh, I think we have a, a, a quiet bond, uh, you know, weekly we come down as a, as a practice and we, we host sort of uh, PE lessons. Having worked with so many young athletes and uh, worked in, in boys' schools, just I really feel that there's a, there's a need for father figures and father mentors and it's, it's really special to be able to play that part in Spash's life. My journey started as a child sponsor. And in 2015, I heard about Trans Africa, and it's just been a whirlwind since then. There was an, again another video clip on participating in the Trans Africa adventure, and my heart started to beat in my chest, and uh, I got really excited about it. John came in, and I was talking to John about Trans Africa, trying to find out a bit more about it. I said, "Well, John, I don't even own a bicycle, so six months out, I don't own a bicycle. How do you possibly think I can get ready in six months?" And he said, "Come on, you can do it." So over a couple of days of sort of prayer consideration I put my entry in and committed to riding Trans-Africa and out of Trans-Africa and learning more and just really kind of came back and spent some time at the village at the finish and it just just gripped my heart and, and from there we started to look at how could I tie more into the village and if I can put my finance in and I can put some time in and my talent in terms of my profession and development of these future young leaders it really excites me. Yeah, this place is just a special place. Every single person that comes down here is impacted. There's so much hope. And guys, just little bits just make such a big difference in these guys' lives. They are so appreciative. They're so loving. And it's just, yeah, it's just a place, guys, that you've actually got to come down and experience yourselves because once you've been here and you've been touched by these lives, you'll never want to not be involved. And you'll look for opportunities to get involved and get more involved. Thank you, Bonnie, for, for your obedience. Thank you to the Greater Church for everybody pulling together to be able to finance this. And it really does excite me for what the future holds for Nganiyami and the, and the children that are gonna come through here and the leaders that are gonna come from here. Well, there you have it. You've heard it from Justin. And before we look practically at ways to get involved or give, I really, really trusting that today and even ongoing as this, uh, you know, people watch this stream, that every single one of you can say, God, what are you saying to me specifically? Um, there are many different ways to get involved um, and under no obligation, please, anybody. Obviously, we've got multiple ministries attached and connected to our church through Restoration of Hope. We've got True Life, we've got Nganiyami, and there's a new one, Open Hands, which we are excited about. And Jin and I are actually going off to Joburg tomorrow. We're meeting with someone and we're really trusting that um, some funding can come in into our organizations. But God wants every single one of us to share, share in the reward, really, and the, the absolute privilege and blessing it is to be part of, of this incredible ministry. 
So Scotty is going to maybe answer a few questions that maybe you have today, not uh, just out there, but maybe you're asking, well, how do we practically get involved? There's multiple ways to get involved. But Scotty, also if you can just update the guys with, uh, we've just recently completed two homes, or was it three homes? Uh, an extra two homes that are ready and waiting. And uh, we have some shortfall in some of the funding of the kids because you part sponsor children. And Scott's gonna give you all the details, how much it costs and how many uh, spaces we need filled today. And then practical ways to get involved. Um, so over to you, Scotty. So yeah, so we really wanted to just again, there's no, it's not a, a hard ask or anything like that, but there's a, a sense that you've got something that's in your hand. And it might be a skill that you want to contribute. It might be a fundraiser that you're, able to, that you're able to do. I mean, you heard about Justin speaking about the Trans-Africa event. That was John Armstrong, who was part of our team and really had a passion in the area of cycling. And uh, so he used, you know, that. And he had certain corporate relationships. And he set up the Trans-Africa cycling adventure. And that has really been used in our fund, an education trust fund that we put together for the village. So that's for tertiary education for the children coming out of the village. It's for teacher salaries. And so that's really been built up over a number of years. And we look to see Nganiyami as sustainable as possible. So John took something that was in his hand, passionate about cycling. He had some corporate relationships and he did something about it. And so that's, you know, on a, on a bigger scale. But there's so many ways that, you know, businesses can partner. Uh, we're looking at a, at a partnership at the moment with a business called Bargain Basket. Um, and they're looking at certain corporate contracts that they could ha have access to, but they're needing to have a black empowerment partner. Well, in Ganiyami, as a Section 18A and as a Level 1 contributor, can become the 100% beneficiary of 51% of that business, you know, as it goes into certain things. So there's many different ways that businesses can get involved. Um, Again, Hilt Chatter just now, we had, we had doctors that have given of their time. Uh, Andre Posma has been amazing. We've had uh, two dentists, Roy Hewson and Dave Swart, and all the kids and the mums, they go down to these two dentists for dental checkups, uh, free of charge. We have- um, Spa uh, yeah. as well with the food donated. We've had, we had Spa, the most incredible contribution. So Spa Head Office have got on board with us. They uh, channel that funding through the um, Richton Spa on Hillcrest. And so all of our food for the last like two and a half years now has been covered completely by spa. Um, I mean, that's a 35,000 rand a month donation. Sure. So just incredible um, generosity. Um, we've got the two new homes that are being built at the moment that'll take us to eight homes at the village. Um, we've got Wayne Burgess, who's part of this church, and they're getting inv involved in terms of the landscaping that's gonna take place around those two homes. We've got another business, Grassroots, that are coming in to lay all the instant lawn, uh, 560 square meters of instant lawn. So, so many people getting involved in different ways. We've had people run fundraisers through their schools, grade nines and tens at St. Mary's, challenge their class to, to raise finance. We've had, you know, just a community of people start to get engaged in so many different ways. And so, Trisha is, is, is a really amazing, dynamic young lady, and she works in the, in the marketing um, space and would so be there available to, to help jog uh, or, or help you to, to you know, stir up that passion that you're feeling in your heart and to see how that could actually materialize and, and take place on the ground. So we really want to encourage you, you, you in that. There's also the My School Card. Many of you might uh, you know, donate on a monthly basis to, to, to your school. You can still continue to do that, but you can also link in in Ganiyami as a beneficiary on the, on the My School card. And that, again, is just a completely, um, you know, you don't, you don't feel that, um, but it's that, that annuity income that comes in every, every month through My School, we'd love to see that grow. Um, at the moment, we've got a particular need at the village. We've got a, a road that needs to be re tarmacked And um, it's not cheap, because right, it's quite a long road down there. It's quite steep, and we've had quite a lot of... Um, um, you know, with, with building of new homes and that, you know, heavy trucks and heavy machinery coming down into the village. But basically, we need to raise another, another 280,000 Rand to get that road done. Um, there's also some retaining work that's got to be done at the bottom. So, yeah, we, we're trusting that that'll be raised. Um, no, today. Seems like, a, <laughs> seems like in my spirit that that can be raised today. Um, so, businessmen out there. <laughs> um, 
But you might know somebody who, who is wanting to donate asphalt, the tarmac. Um, so we just really encourage you in that area. Allow God to stir your heart. Uh, God's able to do in a moment um, what sometimes in our own strength, you know, we, we take ages to think about. So let him stir your heart and then action what it is that he's saying. And then, and then in terms of child sponsorship, you know, one of the key ways we wanted to connect people into the heart of the village, you heard Justin speak just now, is to get involved personally with a, an individual child. And so our children have multiple child sponsors. Um, they'll have up to 14 sponsors per child. Some of the kids won't have as many of that. Um, and we, we really want to just create a more, um, a platform where there's a relationship that can grow. And so twice a year, uh, Tricia will send out progress reports. The kids themselves will write a, a you know, Christmas card at Christmas time. You get to really find out the progress, how they're doing. And obviously, because the close proximity of the village, it's only 15 kilometers from here, uh, to coordinate that you can visit and connect with the child that you're sponsoring as well. Obviously, we, we put boundaries on what that connection looks like so that it's not just a free-for-all, but that you can actually build that connection with a child that you sponsor. And so we've got now, um, we've got, of the children that are at the village, we've got 20 children. We've got, we've got eight homes that are going to be there. Beggy and Z and their family live in the one. So we've got seven homes with a capacity in each home of six children. So that's 42 children. We are currently at 20 children. So we have current capacity to take in another 22 children into Nganiyami. So there's many more in terms of our current capacity. But of the 20 children that we have currently at Nganiyami, we have 35 child sponsorship slots of 275 rand per slot available. So that's about 10,000 rand a month in terms of annuity income that would come in if we filled those 35 sponsorship, sponsorship slots today. Just to explain, we, we had to increase the cost per child because it used to be a 3,000 rand or, or so, but obviously with increased costs, we've had to up that up. So there are now some spaces available for every child within the village. So we have... Yeah, so we've increased that child sponsorship amount per month to 4,000 rand uh, per month to really raise a child. And as Hilton said, we... We put up that child sponsorship from 3,100 to, to 4,000 Rand per child. So it just has meant that that differential of that 900 odd Rand is, uh, has opened up more child sponsorship slots for yeah. each of the kids. And the government do get on board and they sponsor a part of that. Uh, it's, thousand, it's just a grant. Just, yeah, so 1,000, the government does, yeah, the uh, child support grant is 1,040 Rand a month that the government gets on board. So we, we really look at that 4,000 plus the government support grant of 1,040. And we say that it, it, that's really what it's costing us per month to raise a child. It's about 5,000 Rand. So we would really encourage you. We wanted to create a moment. And we've, got a, and we've got a new little boy who's coming in. So in addition to those 35 child sponsorship slots, a new little boy, Tietso, three and a half year old, um, who's um, going to be coming into Nganiyami in the next couple of weeks. And um, that is so exciting. And so Tietso's entire sponsorship, the entire 4,000 Rand needs to be, needs to be covered. You can, you can take a Porsche, you can be a 114th child sponsor. <laughs> into Yetzirah's life where you can say, I want to sponsor the full amount. You might want to get your business involved. You might want to get a group of friends involved to do it, however you would like to do that. But we got the opportunity, and we wanted to take a moment in the service now to, you got a, you got a card, you, or you got a, a child's story that's on your seat. And um, again, these stories represent um, Life. And just incredible what God, what God is wanting to do in each of these lives. And I want to encourage you with, the, with, those, with, the, with that particular story you've got on your chair. That story doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to sponsor that particular child. We just wanted to give you a random uh, story on your, on your chair so that you could take a moment to read it. Maybe you did when you came in. Maybe you're going to take it home. God's going to speak to you as you, as you take that story home with you. But we wanted to give you a moment now, if you are in the position where you say, God's spoken to me today and I actually want to get involved as a monthly child sponsor, is to give you a minute now where, and if you need a pen, we've got the kids who've got uh, pens in, their, you know, in those little cups and they can come around and they can put a pen in your hand and you can fill out your card. There's quite a lot of detail on that little card. You don't have to fill out all your banking details and all of that, but we're asking you to give us your name 
an email address, mm. phone number, and then just put down there. Whether it's like, if it, you know, is it 275 Rand? Is it, um, you know, you want to get involved as a, as a child sponsor. And then we've got a table outside. So you would fill out that card as you go out of the doors and on the right-hand side, there's a table there and, and Trisha and some of the other Nganiyami team are going to be there. You can drop off your card and then they will give you a child to sponsor. You might get there and you say, I really a heart for a little boy or a girl. One of the kids you specifically saw today. Uh, obviously, it's first come, when I say first come, first serve, that sounds, sort of sounds a little bad, but... but for the people going to the tables, you know, they're going to hand out stories of children that need sponsorship. We'd encourage you to get involved. So we're going to give you a moment now, but just a reminder, so there's four ways to get involved. You can sponsor a child, you can bring a skill, you can run a fundraiser, or you can just come in and uh, see the village uh, as well and just see what then transpires from then. Obviously, we've got some people joining us online today. Unfortunately, uh, you, on, you don't have something in your hand, but you can go to the website, which is nganiami.com, and you can go have a look there and read the stories, and there's ways you can get involved there. Obviously, as well, if you're watching online, you're welcome to jump in your car straight off the service, and there is a table set up outside, and you can obviously get involved in that way. Now, again, if you need more time regarding this, you want to chat to your spouse, uh, obviously, there's no um, you know, pressure right now, but we did feel just... Take a moment right now. We're just going to take a moment. It's going to be super quiet. Those online, please stay on because there is something exciting coming just after this. But just take a moment. Maybe God just needs to whisper something into your heart. I know for some of you, 275 a month is, is a stretch. I know for some of you, it's like you wouldn't even notice it. It would be like a bank charge. So if you can just take a moment and say, God, what are you asking me to do? What is in my hand? Because that is the heart of the service today is to get the involvement in from everybody. So let's take a moment now.